Hey, welcome back to the Team Catalyst podcast. Today, I'm having a chat with Jem Fuller, who is an Aussie, love chatting with Aussies. And what we're talking about today is how compassion, kindness, and gratitude create success. Jem grew up in Australia. He spent many years traveling the world. He's a partner and father, coach and facilitator, author, and speaker. He's a man of many hats. So with that, I welcome Jim Fuller to the show. Jim, welcome to the podcast. Glad you were able to join us today. Hey, Ken. Um, yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. Yeah. Awesome. So sounds like you're a man of many hats. Say you're a father, coach, facilitator, author, speaker. How did all of that get started for you? Uh, one thing at a time, I guess. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> when I finished high school at the age of 18, I just had a burning desire to get as far away from where I grew up as possible. Um, and you know, and that led to, you know, a pretty, a pretty healthy addiction for travel, you know, mm. and I, I spent, um, most of my twenties and early thirties, you know, either traveling to very remote foreign countries and cultures or, or saving up the money to keep doing that, you know. So that I ended up doing a whole bunch of different stuff, man. I've been a tribal tattooist, a fire dancer, a motorcycle courier, a kindergarten teacher in Asia, wow. um, a third world volunteer, a, a, you know, a laborer. I've cleaned toilets. I've served meals. Uh, and then when I, when I came home and fell in love and um, thought I should grow up a little bit, I, uh, and then when I became a father, um, and thought, wow, I've got to get some sort of career so I can feed these kids, look after these children. And so I got a job with a travel company. Uh, long story short, I ended up in senior leadership wearing a suit and a tie. So I had that corporate experience uh, and then ended that chapter, bit of a midlife awakening and uh, ended up on this coaching journey nine years ago. And so um, that has got me to where I am today. Mm, well, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible when you go, when you start talking to people who are coaches, authors, and speakers, the, the differences in the journeys that, that we go through. And, and it seems like it always, there's a little bit of trial or crisis in life that sets you on that path to becoming that person who mentors and coaches and, and helps other people reach their full potential. And, and in going through some of those crisis moments, it seems like sometimes there's a self-acceptance issue or even, I'm not even sure how to exactly put that into words, but how, how does some of those experiences tie into accepting yourself and why is that important? Wow, man. I, I, you know, I really think you've kind of nailed it, you know? You've 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 really hit that. Well, for me anyway, you've just described what was going on for me. I, I didn't even realize through most of my life because it was a subconscious belief, so I wasn't mm -hmm. even aware of it. But I had a subconscious belief that I wasn't good enough, right? That I wasn't enough. Um, so then we have this imposter syndrome, you know, and we sabotage our success, and and we we kind of attract evidence into our life to back up our belief. So if you think you're not good enough, then you kind of hang out with people who tell you that you're not good enough. And, you know, life tends to seem like that, you know. And so, yeah, man, all these different experiences and, um, you know, and it just got to a point in my early 40s where I had a breakdown. You know, I had the midlife crisis and, and it turned out to be a midlife opportunity. Um, and I realized 
at that time, I realized, wow, wow, I've got this belief I'm not enough. Like, I've got to change that. You know, so I started reading books and, um, and looking into neuroscience and, and neuro linguistic programming and all this cool stuff going, wow, I can change my beliefs. I can change mm-hmm. my, my mindset, but I got to go to work on myself. Right. So I did. I went to work on myself. Um, but I had to, I had to shed everything. I had to lose everything. I lost my marriage. I lost my career. I lost my house. I lost mm-hmm. everything except my kids. You know, I had my two young boys and, and I kept them 50-50, so week on, week off, thankfully. Um, but everything else had to start again, man. I left that life with $100,000 worth of debt, wow. one, surf, one surfboard, one guitar and two kids Yeah, wow. <laughs> in my early 40s. And I had to start all over again, man. And I started all over again by brainwashing myself to believe that I am enough just the way I am you know, radical mm-hmm. self-acceptance. Yeah. Um, and that changed everything, man. So, yeah, it's how does someone go through that mindset shift where when you believe you're not enough, um, I was, I was, I'm in a mastermind with a couple of, with a group of friends and we're going through a book called do it scared. And they talk about the different fear archetypes and self-belief is a huge theme that that comes up in it. and a lot of that is in the in the conversation that we have inside our own head. How do you shift that conversation to be positive instead of negative and and how does that affect what you believe about yourself? I reckon there's a couple of pieces that that need to happen for the change to to occur the first piece is a realization piece it's an aha moment right and it's the realization it's coming back to reality right because when you think about it you are everybody is exactly as they should be in this moment right so if we could take a snapshot in time if we could freeze frame time right now you are exactly who you're supposed to be and you are exactly enough of everything to be who you should be, which is you. Mm. <laughs> you shouldn't be more like anybody else because you're not. <laughs> you're not anybody else. You're you, right? Yeah. We we undo ourselves in comparison. You know, I should be faster. I should be better looking. I should be smarter. I should be richer. I should be more like him or I should be more like her. Right? Well, no, actually, that's not true. <laughs> you shouldn't. You should be exactly who you are. Now, how do I know this? Because reality told me because right? there you are. Right. So once we start, once we have that aha moment of, oh my God, apparently, apparently I'm supposed to be exactly like this right now. Right. That's the aha. And then the work comes in because our, our self talk, which is where we identify, you know, our ego, we identify with our thoughts and with our emotions and our experience. And our ego is, um, determined to dig its heels in and stay identified with this stuff, right? So the negative self-talk is really persistent, man. I don't know whether you've ever experienced this, right? But it go, it can be incessant. So you've got to roll your sleeves up and go to work on yourself, man. You've got mm-hmm. to dedicate. I dedicate it, dude. I said out loud every single day, hundreds of times a day, I am good enough just the way I am. I am good enough just the way I am over and over and over again. It didn't happen in a week. 
you know. It didn't even happen in six months to to brainwash myself. It took the best part of 12 months before that neural wiring started to to wire together and become Mm -hmm. a belief, you know. But then once it became a reflex thought, once those neurons were just like, yep, 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 we're firing, then I started to believe it and then your experience of life changes and, and, you know, and so then my life did change and I attracted into my life an amazing partner who absolutely adores me just the way I am and my work, you know, the work I do is amazing and, I'm, and I am. I'm, I'm very humble and very grateful but I'm very successful. You know? yeah. I'm earning really good money, man, and I'm doing what I love, you know. And That's I've awesome. Beautiful relationships with my children, and I'm helping people globally. And I've I've written a book, and I've a TEDx talk, and the blah blah blah, and you know, all the stuff that starts to come. But it only came after I shifted my belief around myself. Mm-hmm. That that's beautiful. I, I love hearing when people talk about how they they came to realize that you can feel the feels, think the thoughts, but realize when it's a negative one grab a hold of that thought and say, this is not true. This is something trying to drag me down to who I don't want to be. And for myself, you know, if I try to tell myself positive thoughts, you are good enough. You are that. I don't believe that. And like you said, you have to keep telling yourself that, but I've, I've found it more useful for myself saying rather than you are good enough saying, you know what you need to do to become the person who is what you want to be. And, and that seems to open a, uh, open a a pathway to seeing the solutions to becoming that because Man, that's that's really cool can i jump in here for yeah, a sec yeah, go for you, it. You, you've brought up a really cool little nuance like a little fine point that needs to be made mm. so when you're saying you've got what you need to become the person that you want to be so that's true right and you are not enough to be the future version of you right. yet because you're not that yet but you, you're becoming you, it. You, you don't have the wisdom yet to be the future version of you yet because you haven't got there yet. Yeah. Right. But you, you have exactly the right amount of wisdom and you have exactly the right amount of ignorance and openness and um, positivity and negativity and every, every little ingredient is exactly right for you Mm. to be you in this moment, right now, this moment. And you should, you should be exactly the way you are right now. Yeah. How do I know that? Because there you are. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can I, we can argue with reality. I, I don't know if you've <laughs> ever heard Byron Katie, and she writes. You know, Byron Katie wrote a, a beautiful book, "Loving What Is," and she created this system called the Work. You can follow her online. She's a really wise, beautiful woman, and and she says you can argue with reality, and reality will win, but only a hundred percent of the time. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I I like to liken everything to a road trip. If I set out to drive from Kentucky to the West Coast, you know, so so many people want to take their mindset and say, I'm on the West Coast, I'm on the West Coast, and think that's where they're at. Yeah. But that, that doesn't put you on the West Coast. You're still in Kentucky. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm in Kentucky, but I know the path I need to take to get to the West Coast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and that is what will set you on your first step to getting there. That's and right. speaking, speaking of that path of becoming who you need to be, how do you know what that path is for you? A- any step you take will be the step you took 
that ended up getting you to this present moment here now. I didn't know I was going to be sitting here talking to you, Ken. You know, 10 years ago, I had no idea I'd be sitting here like this chatting with you mm. now in this life that I've created now. I didn't know, you know. I think we, we put too much pressure on ourselves of am I taking the right step? Whichever whichever step you take will be the step you took, which is the, the step you should have taken because you took it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And there's no such thing as failure, really. There's There's feedback. You know, we we take a step in a direction, we get mm-hmm. feedback, is this working for me? Does this feel good? Does am I thinking this is good? You know, what's what's the feedback in this moment? Do I want to change my course of direction and try a different way or do I want to keep going this way? And I don't know the answer to that. So I'm just gonna have a crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like you know, I've always said there's no failure, there's only learning. I really like what you said that it's feedback. Mm. Because if if we grab the hot end of a burning stick, we don't say that's failure. That's feedback. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Don't grab the end of the burning stick. <laughs> uh, if we can look at what we view as failures, just as feedback, this is not the right step to take. Yeah. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. I was talking and and, and, and it was the right, it, sorry, man. It was the right step for me to take to get that feedback. Cause right. I wouldn't have got this feedback if I didn't take that step. Yeah. So every step in every direction is a step into some sort of wisdom of mm, of something you didn't know before, right? But if you stand still, like if you sorry man, you got me excited. If you stand (laughs) still and you just sit in your car in Kentucky and you don't drive anywhere, you're not gonna get any wiser. But you know, you drive out and you get feedback. So yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um if it's only failure if you don't accept and learn from the feedback. Nice. Yeah. So I was stalking you on Instagram and you have a post that says contribution. When you set out in the day with this intention, your head's up, you're looking around, making eye contact and connecting, way more likely to notice the opportunities around you. Why should I care about contribution? Oh man, it's a hack to happiness for a start. You know, it's a hack to happiness. I don't know if you've heard of the six core needs. Um, Tony Robbins goes on about the six core Mm. needs. He puts it together in a really beautiful, inspiring way. And the most basic of those core needs being certainty, you know, just give me a roof over my head and some food in the fridge kind of thing, you know, and then uncertainty, the adventure and the challenge, and then significance. So feeling like I I actually matter. And then connection slash love, we all have a need to connect. And then growth, not all of us have this desire to grow, but obviously Mm -hmm. you do and people that you hang out with do. And then contribution is the highest of those core needs. Not everyone's driven to, to, to contribute, to make a difference, but most people are. And I think that when you get your other core needs met, to your required level, we kind of naturally tend to want to grow and evolve. And then people are looking for some meaning to their life, you know, beyond survival. You know, if you've got if you've got shelter and food and water, you start to go, is there something more? Is there more meaning to life? And that lies in the contribution piece. When you find a way to contribute to the lives of others or even to the lives of animals or to nature or the planet or whatever it is that you are passionate about, you find a way to contribute, even in just a little way. You feel good, man. You get all your other core needs met. It's like, oh, my life's pretty good right now, you know. Mm. So that's why we should, that's why I reckon we should do it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's something that I talk about quite a bit too is, you know, we're given gifts and abilities and talents and things that we like doing, but it's only when 
we use those things to affect someone else's life in a positive way, which is that contribution factor, that's when we are more fulfilled in life. Yeah. You know, you can take the wealthiest person in the world and if they don't have that contribution, that connection with other people, they're not doing something for other people. They're like a stagnant pond. Like they're their life has man. no meaning. <laughs> they're miserable. And, I, yeah, I, miserable. I meet them. I meet, you know, I meet these successful executive C-suite people who bought into what we got told as kids. It's like you go to college, go to university, get your degree, work hard, climb the corporate ladder, earn a lot of money and you'll be happy. It's not true. Mm. It's just yeah. not true. If you're happy, I mean, if you're if you're rich, you know, and you've done everything you get told and you've got the marriage and the three kids and the house and you've got the holiday house and you've got the boat and the cars and everything. If there's no sense of meaning or contribution to what you do, you ain't happy. You yes. Know? Yeah, that's so true. It looks like our connection is a little bit wonky there. So I'm going to turn off my Wi-Fi on my other device. <laughs> um, how we, we talked a little earlier about not feeling like you're enough, like not feeling like you're good enough or not having that self-belief. After you told yourself, you, you said it took you 12 months to, to connect those neural pathways that I am enough to get to where I need to be. How do you know when you reach that point of, of being enough? When are you enough? Yeah, look, it's gradual. And it's, and it's not a destination. You know, I think it needs to become a habitual practice. You know, any of this, um, this is something that I've come to understand, especially in the last 10 years, is that, you know, it's like yoga. You don't get good at yoga and then stop and go, well, I ticked that box. If, if mm -hmm. yoga is good for you, it becomes something that you keep doing, right? Um, meditation. You don't kind of get good at meditation and then go, oh, I don't need to do meditation anymore. You know, if meditation is working for you, it becomes a habit. You do it for the rest of your life. And it's the same with the self-talk, you know, and 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 fostering this sense of self-okayness, like I said before, the radical self-acceptance. It's a practice. I still do it. I still look at myself in the mirror and go, Jim, <laughs> you're enough, mate. Mm -hmm. carry on as you were. And if I hear myself reprimanding myself in a negative way, in a, I don't do it in a cruel way anymore. I've, I've got rid of that way. But if I hear myself being too harsh on myself, I'll pause and go, hey, whoa, 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 hang on. I can still, I can still have expectations on how I want to show up. I can still hold myself accountable in terms of my values and how I want to treat other people. And if I fall short of that, I can still have expectations on myself and say, hey, come on, man, you're better than that, right? So I can still I can still strive to improve, but you can coach yourself kindly. You don't need to be cruel. And I don't know about you, Ken, but, you know, if, if you pay attention and listen to the way we talk to ourselves, we're, we can be really horrible to ourselves. Yeah, you know? often we're, we're the most horrible to ourselves. We're the, we're the right. cruelest to ourselves over any other people. Yeah. And that doesn't make sense, man. What are you saying? <laughs> that that you deserve abuse more than anyone else that you know? That how can right. that be right? Because we're all we're all equal, right? Mm -hmm. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon we we all deserve to be treated kindly. That's mm -hmm. just a belief that I have. You know, I yeah. don't think anyone deserves to be treated cruelly. And so No, not at all. So 
oftentimes when we when we start to try to shift our mindset, try to become someone who knows they're enough and who who can take that next step in the beginning stages of that that can cause anxiety because like what is that next step where do i go what what happens from here i i don't know what i'm doing how do you deal with that the anxiety and the stress that can come from from that yeah many ways there's many ways look i think when it's scary I think that to a certain degree, you've got to feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, like if you want to, if you want to go skydiving, it's going to be scary. But if you want to skydive, you've got to feel scared and jump out of the plane. You mm-hmm. know? Or if you want to go bungee jumping or whatever it is, it's going to feel scary. But if you want that exhilaration, then you've got to do that, you know. And, and also, if you think about it in, in, a, in a smaller way, you don't have to go skydiving. Just take a smaller step. And if you think about it like in your comfort zone, you're never going to learn anything. The reason you're comfortable is because you know everything in that zone, right? So when you're comfortable, you ain't learning anything. Mm-hmm. So if learning is important to you, if you say to yourself, I do, I want to grow, I want to improve, I want to get better at being me, I want to experience life in a better way, if, that, if you are driven to improve, you've got to get uncomfortable to learn. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you just take a little step into that uncomfort zone and you're feeling anxious, which is normal, by the way. It's normal for for humans to, to experience anxiety. It's not a, you know, I'm not talking about clinical anxiety or clinical depression. That's a different subject. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about normal levels of anxiety and normal levels of feeling flat or depressed. That's human. You're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. You know, so feel it, ease up on yourself and go, it's okay, I'm allowed to feel this right now. And find something that you are passionate enough about that you can go, this means so much to me that even though I'm scared and even though I'm feeling anxious, I'm still going to take that step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does how does a person become resilient in the face of that? Look, I think the more we do something, the more resilient we get with it. You know, it's... um. The, the 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 stuff that we go through that's really really tough really really hard as we go through it we we develop resilience to it we're 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 really quite a resilient species you know you think about it you take someone and put them in in a situation that is a terrible situation where they've lost everything and gone through real hardship people are resilient we find a way you know so yeah i just i think people can just just trust a little bit. Trust that they will find a way. Trust that they'll be resilient. Put yourself out there. And to help you do that, you've got to find something that you really care about. You've got to find something that uh, something that's a real driver, something you can use leverage on yourself against, you know. So use mm-hmm. the leverage and go, this is really important to me and I'm going to take this scary step, you know. Yep. Yeah. Go back to your youth. If you could tell your... 18 20 year old self one piece of advice to to becoming who you are today what would you tell yourself um i'd tell myself to not worry so much and just trust you know however whatever way you get there you're getting to wherever you're getting to and you're going to end up being the way you be you know like i i go and talk at high schools so i go and mm. keynote for you know 3 or 400 teenagers and the teachers 
that I can see the teachers kind of getting uncomfortable when I say this because the teachers are saying, you need to have a career plan and you need to get the best grades and you need to get into college and you need to do all this. And I get in there and say, no, you don't. You don't. I didn't know, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grow up until I was 42. Mm-hmm. I've had an awesome life, man. I wouldn't change a thing. I've had a ball. I've lived and immersed myself into foreign cultures all around the world. I've loved, I've laughed, I've been hurt, I've I've cried, I've screamed, I've I've lived a full life, man, you know. And I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I've, you heard me before. I've done so many different things, dude. Follow your heart is what I would say to myself. Follow your heart. Relax. Don't be so stressed out about it. Focus on your well-being. Mm-hmm. You know, focus on your well-being today because it's the people who have the highest levels of well-being, i.e. that the, the deep happiness within themselves, they're the ones who are successful. Yeah. That's awesome. And and playing on that successful thing a little bit, we're we're given a vision or a uh a model of what success is supposed to look like. And for most people, that's not actually what success looks like for them. They just don't spend the time to actually define what true success would look like for themselves. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. And look, look, let's not let's not kid ourselves. We need money to survive, right? Right. So yes, if you are um, broke, and I've been broke, I spent decades broke right? I know what it's like. I had a terrible relationship with money. I thought money was the root of all evil. I thought to get rich, you had to rip people off and be horrible or play some corporate game. I was anti-establishment. Dude, I, I, I used to live as a punk squatting in abandoned buildings in London, right? And, <laughs> and getting food out of dumpsters mm, properly, wow. right? So I know what it is to be broke and it's stressful. It's stressful. So that's, yeah. that's the truth. But once you get once you get to a point where you've found a way to survive, so you've found enough, you've found a way to earn enough money to put it, have some shelter and some food and some water. That's when the whole success paradigm thing shifts, right? That's what you're talking about. Success is not about creating as much money as possible. Success is about doing something that means something to you, using your natural, God given talents, abilities that you were born with. Right in a in a positive way. That's what success is. Yeah, for sure. I, I love that. That's if more people, especially in their youth, could wrap their mind around that, the world would be a much better place today. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, tell us a little about where where people can find you if they want to connect with you and find some of the books you've written. Yeah, sure, man. So the the book I've written, um, the one that's been published anyway, you can download my free ebook off my website, gemfuller.com, um, which is, I think that's written down the bottom of the screen. I don't know if you can see that, but gemfuller.com. You can also get my published book there. It's The Art of Conscious Communication for Thoughtful Men. It's great for, for young men as well. It's also great for women. Women are loving the book. Um, so you can get everything through my website. You can do what you did, Ken, and stalk me on socials. I'm on Insta and LinkedIn and Facebook as Jem Fuller. You can watch my stuff there. Um, actually, we're putting together a group. If any of your listeners are young leaders um, or, or wanting, aspiring to be a leader in what they do, um, find 
find me and find the Facebook group that we've just created, which is um, the Modern Leaders Communication. And it's a free online community that I'm creating where we can talk about this stuff, you know, where we can Mm -hmm. share ideas around being a modern leader and, and communicating. So I'd love to have your listeners come and join us on there if they want to. Yeah, awesome. We'll we'll put a link to that in the show notes. I I don't see it in the links that you sent me, but we'll make sure to get that in there. Uh, you also mentioned you have a free course on emotions. What what can somebody expect to get from going? <clears throat> excuse me, from that course. Uh, what they can expect is um, a, a methodology to break yourself out of if you get stuck in an emotional loop, right? So if you're yep. stuck in an emotion of it can be anxiety, it could be um, anger or sadness or whatever emotion you're feeling. And emotions are important, yeah, like we have them for a good reason and it's yeah. good to feel our emotions. But sometimes we kind of get stuck in a loop and, and it's like, oh, man, I really wish I could get it, shift myself out of this. So in that little short course, it's only 20 minutes long, I give you a methodology that if you practice this methodology, you get really good at being able to get out of that loop. Awesome. Jim, thanks so much for joining me today. You're welcome, Ken. It's been a pleasure, man. Go check out Jim Fuller. Um, I've got all his links where you can connect with him on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and where you can check out his books and do good work.